As we continue to study in, in this January series, as we start our year with prayer and fasting, we continue to look at the Lord's Prayer. And I've just been reminded this week, you know, sometimes as a pastor, I'll preach a sermon and someone will come up and say, you know, that sermon was for me. I, w- I want you guys to know that probably more often than not, that sermon was for me. <laughs> and, and this, man, the Lord's Prayer, we, we're, we're working through it. And this week, this is what I've needed. This is what I've needed to hear and, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but, um, but, but we're studying the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6. Let me ask you a question. Um, how many of you recently, maybe in the last year, have, have prayed the prayer, Lord, your kingdom come? Anyone? Like, probably most of the time when we pray that prayer, it's kind of in a place where we're like, man, I'm so tired of all of this. Lord, just let your kingdom come. Please, Lord, let your kingdom come. And so as we work through the Lord's Prayer, I I think that is the perfect prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, is the perfect prayer for us to be praying this week, but not in, in a way of escaping the world or a way of, Lord, just help this all to end. That's not what I'm talking about. I want us to see what it really looks like to pray the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, and what it means in our lives. And so we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus teaches the disciples and teaches us how to pray. And so at the beginning it says, this then is how you should pray. Why don't you pray it along with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. I just want to start by by recapping what we talked about last week, because this prayer, it's really um, kind of a movement of where our focus should be. Uh, We talked last week about the fact that this prayer is not a magical set of words. It's not a magic potion to get what we want, but, but this is Jesus teaching us how our heart should be focused, how we should pray. And so it starts by saying, our Father in heaven, and and this is super important to prayer. We have to remember in prayer, when Jesus taught us to pray, Jesus didn't say, my Father in heaven. Jesus didn't make this a personal prayer, but Jesus intentionally, I believe, taught us to pray as a community, taught us to pray as a part of something bigger than ourselves. And that's because prayer should never be a selfish endeavor. Prayer should always be about glorifying God and seeing God's will done here on earth. And so we pray, and when we pray, we pray as part of the body of Christ. So it's not a selfish thing. This isn't all about me, but this is God, your will, and your kingdom, which is all of us. So our Father in heaven, and then, and then the first petition Hallowed be your name. We start prayer by acknowledging and by asking God to make his name glorified, honored, esteemed, hallowed in our lives. We have to start prayer here. If we start prayer anywhere else, we will be victim, we will be tempted to make prayer about us and we will miss out 
on, on what God has for us. And so we start by saying, hallowed be your name. Make your name hallowed. Let your name be hallowed in our lives, in the church, and in the world around us. We start by understanding who God is uh, and by exalting and lifting up and asking God that he would teach us to exalt him. Jesus talked right before this about the hypocrites. And the hypocrites are people who pray for personal gain or for notoriety. It says they, some of them stand on the street corner and they, pre, they pray loudly because they want other people to think they're spiritual. Or the second kind of hypocrite, the person that tries to manipulate God by babbling over and over again. And if I say the right combination of words and if I say it enough, then God will do what I want. Jesus says, if you pray for personal gain, if you pray selfish prayers, you'll have your reward. People might think that you are good, that you are holy, but the reality is God has so much more for us. And so we start by saying, hallowed be your name. But then the next two petitions that we're going to look at today, Jesus just takes it to another level. See, it's one thing to come into the church, and it's one thing to come in and worship together and say, hallowed be your name, God, you are so good, we worship you, we praise you. I'm not saying that's easy to do, but I'm saying that, that that's one thing. Jesus takes us to the next level with the next two petitions, and that's this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the reality is that the true disciple of Christ will start by adoring, praising, hallowing the name of God and petitioning God to make his name known, but the true disciple will move past that to a place of full submission to God. Prayer is not just about praising God. Prayer is also about fully surrendering our hearts and our lives to Jesus. And so when Jesus teaches us, he says, start by hallowing the name of God. Start by asking that God would make his name hallowed in your life. But then you need to pray the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So let's, let's work through that. Your kingdom come. Last week I talked about the fact that these petitions are, are the third person imperative in the Greek. They're, it's not just saying your kingdom will come. It is a petition to God saying, God, please let your kingdom come. Make your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Make your will be done in us. And so I think about kingdoms. Lately I've been, I've been watching a show. And it deals, it's, it's an old-time show, it's dealing with the, the days of kingdoms. We don't really talk about kingdoms anymore, do we? We talk about countries and states and stuff like that, but, but the show I'm watching is all about kingdoms, and basically there are kings and there are different armies, and, and the main character of the show, he just continually is used by the kingdoms. He's continually used for the will of the kingdom, and then left over and over again, and it, I mean, it is so frustrating, and I don't know about you, but this week it's become even more apparent, it's been apparent for a long time, that the kingdom that we live in is an imperfect, messed up kingdom. I, I am tired, 
I am tired of hearing people rip each other apart because they don't agree on something. I'm tired of our leaders using us as pawns. I'm tired of the kingdom that's all about man's power and man's authority and that we, it's Sanctity of Life Sunday that, that real life is not valued other than as pawns in a political power game. And so as we talk about kingdoms, there's man's kingdom, and man's kingdom is completely broken. That has been so obvious this week. The, the lack of respect for authority, the hatred from both sides. And listen, I, we don't even need to get into side versus side. It, it's messed up all around. There's hatred. There's division. There are people that are more concerned with working against each other than they are doing what's right. That's not the kingdom that we are a part of. Yeah, we live in America. Yes, we live in this kingdom. But we first and foremost, as the people of God, are God's holy people living in God's holy kingdom. And so I've got good news for you today. I, listen, I, this week has been, this year and a half, this... <laughs> This has been a challenging time for me personally. My emotions all over the place. And I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty even-keeled guy, uh, other than the crying thing. <laughs> but but, I, but it, this kingdom frustrates me so much. And I get so tired, and sometimes I'm tempted to say, Your kingdom come, Lord. And thinking of that as an, an idea of escaping this earthly kingdom. Well, I've got good news for you today. God's kingdom has come. In fact, we just came through the Advent season, and we talked about this specific thing, that when Jesus came to earth as one of us, fully God, fully man, Jesus was the kingdom of God breaking in to this earthly kingdom. And so the good news today is this, if you're sick of this earthly kingdom, you are a part today of God's holy kingdom. The kingdom is alive and well. And so that's great news. Listen to Jesus coming before Pilate in John chapter 18. This is right before he's crucified. Pilate, one of the political leaders, is trying to figure out, Jesus, are you really a king? And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. He says, my kingdom is of another place. And so Jesus acknowledges that, yes, he is the king. And yes, the kingdom is here. And it's not of this broken, messed up world. It's God's kingdom here on earth. And so the kingdom, when we pray, your kingdom come, first and foremost, we need to understand that the kingdom is here through Christ. Now the second part, the kingdom is alive and well in us. See, Jesus came and the kingdom broke into this world, but I think we can all acknowledge that the full, uh, the full spectrum, the full authority of the kingdom has not yet been realized here on earth. That's why we have broken political systems. That's why we have hatred and pain and suffering. But God's kingdom that came through Jesus is now 
at work and living in God's holy people. So usually we measure kingdoms by borders and territory. God's kingdom is alive and well in our hearts, in God's people. And so, man, this is, this is kind of a big thing. When we pray your kingdom come, we're not just praying, God, bring your kingdom over here to earth. It's not a separated thing from us, but we pray, God, your kingdom come. God's kingdom is coming in and through God's people, which is us. And so today it's super important. As I said, this week it's been super clear to me that we need to pray your kingdom come, not because we need to escape this terrible broken kingdom, but because our world needs God's people and God's kingdom at work in his people to be alive and well. And so we are a part of God's living kingdom. Now, when we pray your kingdom come, that's a pretty big prayer. If God's holy kingdom is different than this broken, messed up kingdom, and if God's kingdom is at work in us, in me, then for me to pray, your kingdom come, is not a detached thing, but it's me praying, God, help your kingdom to be alive and well in me. Help me to live out your kingdom principles. This week I was driving. The reality is that way too often, the people of God, the people of God pray, your kingdom come, and at the same time detach themselves from God's holiness and God's righteousness, and we live according to the earthly kingdom instead of God's kingdom. Let me tell you, let me show you a picture of this. I was driving this week. And I look up, and in, in the yard of a house that I was passing by, there's this big flagpole. And on the flagpole, there were four flags. The top flag was the American flag. We're all okay with that, right? We live in America. It's all right. Like, America's fine. I'm not saying the placement of the flags, but just follow me here. So, American flag. The second flag, the Christian flag. But the Christian flag isn't up on a lot of flagpoles these days. And, and so we've got the American flag and then we've got the Christian flag. So yeah, they live in America and, and apparently they would call themselves Christian. You know what the third flag was? It was a political flag that had an expletive and then Biden's name. So follow the logic here. America God's kingdom, and not in that order, don't, don't get that, I'm not making order here, but, but American, Christian, hateful, divisive. Let me say something to you. There is no place, there is no place in God's kingdom for hatred and division and evil. And when I saw that, I mean, I literally had to double take because I thought, wait a minute, those two don't mix. We can't, as Christians, pray your kingdom come and live earthly kingdom lives. We can't pray, God, bring your righteousness, bring your holiness, and be a people of hatred 
and division. And so I, I, I looked at those flags and I just thought, man, way too often, way too often the people of God are looking for an external kingdom that releases them from personal responsibility and corporate responsibility to live holy lives. But to pray your kingdom come, it's not just a prayer for his kingdom to be on earth. It's a prayer that God would be the king of our hearts, of my heart. And so, you know, I tell you about those flags and it's easy for us to shake our head and say, wow, that's, that's awful. And I did. I, I drove by and I just thought, man, I would love to rip that down. <laughs> not, not, not the Christian flag. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> the bad one. But you know what? Um, it's easy to point fingers at other people. And it's easy to talk about God's kingdom. And how other people aren't living kingdom principles. And ignore the times that we ourselves do not live holy, pleasing kingdom lives. Listen, this week I told you I, it's been a roller coaster of a year. I'm going to confess to you. One night I came home this week and I was just frustrated as can be and I was tired of all of it. And I went in my room upstairs and Megan was in there and I just started venting, unloading. I didn't use expletives, don't worry. <laughs> but I just started venting. And, and can I be honest with you? The attitude of my heart and the tone of my words were not kingdom-like. And, and, and this really hit home when, when Eli, who is our resident eavesdropper, <laughs> well, him and Megan both, <laughs> Eli the next morning comes up and starts asking me questions about the things that I was saying when I was venting and unloading, the things that I can admit to you were not the most Christ-like response to what's going on around us. And you know what I realized? Your kingdom come isn't just a separated thing. And it's not just about the church. It's about my home. It's about my heart. And I can't pray your kingdom come and live contrary. There's no place for it. And so today as we pray, your kingdom come, we can rest assured that God's kingdom is coming. Jesus brought it in. It lives in God's people. But as we pray, your kingdom come, we better be willing to look in the mirror, not just individually, but as the church, and say, are we living God's kingdom principles is God's kingdom alive and well in us? Because way too often, I blow it. And I've got to seek forgiveness for that. And when I pray, your kingdom come today, I'm praying that the church would reflect God's kingdom, but I'm praying that my heart on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Monday and Friday and Saturday would reflect God's kingdom your kingdom come. We need this. Our world needs this. Our world needs the people of God to live the holiness, the righteousness, the love, the grace, the principles of God's kingdom. How does that happen? The next petition, your will be done. 
Your kingdom come. We want God's kingdom to come in the church, in our lives, in our hearts. That happens as we pray, your will be done. Let's talk about God's will. There's three different ways that, that I've found that you can look at God's will. There may be more. There's lots of people have different thoughts on what these are, but, but there's three kinds of, or three, three ways that God's will are enacted in our world and in our lives. And so I want to talk about those, and I want us to get a better understanding of what we're praying when we say, your will be done. First off, we have the sovereign will of God. Now, now let me just give it to you straight here. The sovereign will of God will be done. If God sovereign and His sovereign will wants something to be accomplished, it will be accomplished. And this is great news for us today because God's will, God's sovereign will, is for His kingdom to come to earth and one day will be fully established. But right now, God's will is that His people would reflect His holy name. And so God has sovereign will. And if God wills it, let there be light, what happens? There's light. This is like if, if I tell my kids, we are going to church. It is my sovereign over them will. They could fight me all they want, but they're getting in the car and they're going to church. God has sovereign will. That will is going to be accomplished on earth. And so we can believe the promises that God has, and we can stand firm knowing that God's will is above all other powers and authorities. That's great news today. The second kind of God's will, God's perceptive will. Now, this has to do with God's laws and commandments. So, so God's perceptive will is what God, God's will, God's rules, God's kingdom living rules, His law for His people. And so we have God's sovereign will that's going to be accomplished, and then we have God's perceptive will, which, which are things like the sanctity of life. We should value human life. We should respect human life. We should love one another. We should forgive one another. We should be graceful. We have God's sovereign will, which will be accomplished, and then we have God's perceptive will, which we as, as people have the choice whether we are going to obey or not. And there are consequences to not obeying. And then the third part is God's will of disposition. Now, I feel a little bit bad that Dale's not in here this time, but, but when I talk about God's will of disposition, I, I want to use Dale as, a, as an example. How many of you know Pastor Dale pretty well? How many of you have seen Dale talk about walking with Jesus daily? And, and Dale usually does something like this. He'll, he'll say, you know, like, I'm talking with Jesus and I'm living it out. This is his, I mean, he uses these motions all the time. And Dale is an example of walking with Jesus daily and seeking to know his will of disposition. What is his will of disposition? It's what God wants us to do. What God has for us. It's not just rules and it's not sovereign that it's going to happen no matter what. This is, this is us walking with Jesus and saying, what is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to respond to this? How do you want me to live today? Dale literally walks with Jesus around this church and prays, Lord, show me your will. 
So we have the sovereign will of God, and if the prayer is your will be done and it's the sovereign will, good news, it will happen, and it reminds us that God's will is above all else. But I would suspect it's more the second two, and that's God's perceptive and God's will of disposition, that God wants us to live kingdom principles. Just like any kingdom on earth has rules and laws, God's kingdom has rules and laws, and it's God's will that his people live according to his laws and commandments. And so when we say, your will be done, I think part of it is saying, God, I want to live by your commandments. But then the third part, the, law of disp- the, the will of disposition. God, what is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? I believe that it's God's will for the people of God to be in relationship with the Creator God and to walk with Jesus daily and to seek God's will in everything that we do. This isn't necessarily do I go to McDonald's or do I go to Wendy's. There is a right choice there. (laughs) This is God, how do you want me to live? I follow your rules, but what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to respond? Where do you want me to go? And so when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, what we're really doing is we're praying a prayer of full surrender. God, you are my king. You are above me, and I submit to your authority, and I submit to your will, and I want to follow you every single day. And so Romans chapter 12, one of my favorite verses in Scripture Verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So, first off, worshiping God is adoration, hallowing God's name, but Romans chapter 12 tells us that the next part of worship The true and proper worship is not just to adore God, not just to proclaim that his name is great, but to fully surrender, to offer our lives as living sacrifices to God. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, earthly kingdom, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to God's kingdom. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, and listen to these last words, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Let me say those words again. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, your kingdom come, your will be done. The next line is, on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you a question. What, what do we say when you take a bite of really good cake? You say, this is just a little piece of heaven. What do you say when, like, things are perfect? You say, man, that vacation was just like heaven. Listen, our, our kingdom is broken. Our kingdom is messed up. God's kingdom is perfect. God's kingdom is good. And so, when I talk to you about praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, when Jesus tells us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, that's about full surrender On earth as it is in heaven, the reality is, 
If God's people will fully surrender to God's kingdom and God's will, we will experience the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And this is what our world needs so badly. Our world needs to see God's kingdom lived out in us. A kingdom that's not divided and hateful and vengeful and violent, a kingdom that's loving and gracious and pure. See, in heaven, all the angels fully surrender to God's will and authority, and it's perfect, and that's what God wants from us, from his people, and so I want you to understand this isn't a detached thing. This is a personal, for us and for each of us, this is a personal prayer. That, that heaven, that the perfect will of God would be done in our lives. So we look at all the brokenness and the pain, and Jesus says you need to pray that God will bring his kingdom and his will to pass in your life. You know, Jesus didn't just tell us this. Jesus lived it. Matthew 26, verse 39 Jesus is fully aware that he is on his way to the cross to die. Listen to what he says. Going a little bit further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. May this cup be taken. The will of God for Jesus on the cross was a tough thing. It was hard for Jesus, and he's agonizing. He says, he says, Father, if possible, may this cup be taken. But listen to his next words. Yet not as I will, but as you will. He prayed a second time. My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When we learn how to pray, Hallowed be your name. When we learn how to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we learn it from Jesus who lived it every day of his life and continues to live it in heaven. And so we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My prayer for us today is that we wouldn't just pray the Lord's Prayer and we wouldn't just pray these petitions with a detached heart, but that you and I, that we as the people of God and the people all over the world that claim to be followers of Christ would pray your kingdom come in our hearts, in our lives. The world around us should see God's perfect will at work in us. And so what do we do today? We pray that God's will would be done in our lives. The worship team's going to come up and we're going to sing a final song, On Earth as it is in Heaven. And, and this is how I think we need to respond today. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know if you had an outburst this week, if there's just something in your heart that is not pleasing to God. I, I don't know if you probably don't have a flag flying in the front yard that's terrible. But I'm just going to guess that each and every one of us have parts of our lives that are not fully 
pleasing to God's perfect will. And so today as we close the service, as we respond to God's word, we pray, hallowed be your name. We want to worship you, God, but we pray your kingdom come, your will be done. God, transform us. Take what doesn't glorify you from our lives and make us pure. Make us right. Make us whole. Jesus, I thank you that you taught us to pray. And Father God, as we come into your presence today, as we bring your presence together, as we, your holy people, worship you, I pray that right now each and every person in this sanctuary, each and every person that's watching online, would examine our hearts. Lord, if there is anything in my heart that does not glorify you, if there is anything in our hearts that is of this earthly kingdom, I pray that you would point it out and that you would cleanse us of it. Lord, make us your holy people. Make us more like you. Help us to be a people of love, a people of grace, a people of joy, a people of assurance. For each and every one right now, I pray that we would offer our whole selves to you. We love you, Lord. We hallow your name. And we pray that your kingdom and your will would be done in our lives in our church. And Lord, I'm so thankful that, that as we pray that prayer, you are a God whose will is to cleanse us and whose will is to make us whole and to make us pure. And Lord, you are bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth through us. And so today, as we offer ourselves to you, Lord, you are glorified. But the kingdom is alive and well right here, right now. In us, we love you, Jesus. We give you everything today. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen.